Welcome to our Coach Roundtable, where we get together with some of our coaches and we pick a topic to discuss how our clients use that tool or strategy and hopefully give them some insights. So my name is Scott, I'm sitting here with Jake and Brian and Chris, and I thought today we would talk about oscillation, just kind of the overarching concept of how we build work and recovery, the on and off kind of balance. And so let's jump in. Yeah. So, I, you know, just to get, kind of get the ball rolling here, I think one of the biggest uh, challenges for our clients to really start to uh, understand and put oscillation into practice is the amount of time that it takes, right? You know, we hear about recovery. We hear about, you know, you should be taking breaks between meetings. And there's this misconception and almost kind of like a default thought of, oh, that's got to be a 20-minute or a 30-minute break. And the reality is most of us don't have that much time, right? So for me, actually one of my most favorite things to do when I'm coaching is getting them to realize that oscillation can be five minutes. It can be three minutes. It can be, you know, one minute, but it's still about this purposeful kind of break or transition out of something and into something else. I think the term purposeful is the huge part. If someone just does it for you, like, hey, everybody, we're going to have a 50-minute meeting, so I'm going to insert a 10-minute oscillation. It's not really an oscillation because, number one, there's no intent or purpose to it. Number two, most people just fill it with more work. Yep. Checking emails, yeah. Yeah, it's so funny you say that during the pandemic, you know, we're all working from home and um, I'm just thinking about, like, my my little one at home. If I applied meaning to his distractions – it could really be an intentional recovery break. But without that meaning, it was just a distraction. But if I said, okay, I'm going to like put tools down here, stop typing away, and I'm going to go to him and I'm going to you know, play for five, ten minutes, I came back so refreshed rather than frazzled. Um, so that felt great. And it, was, it all had to do with the meaning that I associated to the little break. Yeah, That's a totally. great one. And I don't know about you guys, but I still find – there is a mindset, you know, kind of like you alluded to, Brian, that if I'm going to recover, I'm going to oscillate, that that somehow has to be equal in time to the time that I'm working. And I, I think the biggest learning for me over the years has been, to your point, it's essentially a pit stop. If you look at, at car, a race car in a race, it's, I mean, Formula One, what, two and a half seconds now. They're always finding ways to make it more efficient, which is actually a great learning. What can you do? in the most purposeful way in the least amount of time that gives you the most benefit. And that is where I always start is what's the benefit you want? Like you said, Chris, meaning I've got 30 seconds. I'm going from one call to another. I need to get my brain out of meeting one into meeting two. What's the most efficient way to do that, to oscillate? It could be I look out the window and just quickly set my intentions around how I need to be perceived in this meeting. And in that 30 seconds, I've now done something purposeful that created an oscillation break for me. That was nowhere near and equal to the time I'm going to spend in the meeting, but that 30 seconds changed the game for me. Yeah, we, we worked with a company that were based in Indianapolis. So, you know, big uh, race car fans. And, and I remember telling this story about pit stops. And the guy said, you know, make no mistake, these aren't a, a nice to have. This isn't recovery. Like, this is to win. Like, it's a strategic must. The teams that kind of rule these little pit stops the best, it's a hard skill, and they're the teams that win the race. And it changed my thinking around the importance of oscillation and why it's so important. Yeah, yeah. I think the nuance of that people miss sometimes that we're trying to turn that upside down, that recovery or this dip, this break doesn't come after I'm exhausted it should actually come before I have to perform so that I show up at my best. And then after, which may be in a preparation for the next thing or maybe to actually recover from the last. But 
recovery doesn't have to be something we do afterwards. Like nobody takes a pit stop at the end of the race. Exactly. Like you just said, it happens in the race to get ready for what's coming next. Yeah. 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 In fact, if they didn't take a pit stop during the race, after the race, they're taking a long pit stop (laughs) because they're probably rebuilding the car because they crashed. And that I think is what happens actually to a lot of people. Totally. I think the, uh, the idea with oscillation as well is there's so much freedom within it, right? There's no, set script there's no one size fits all and you know you do this and it works for everybody every time right even within an individual you might need something different for every two minute oscillation break that you might take throughout that day but you have so much freedom and there's so much choice it's i'm going to stand outside and i'm just going to listen to a song the next time it's i'm just going to step off to the side away from my camera and do a couple rounds of meeting prep right but there's so many different items. I absolutely love it because you can, you know, practice your creativity. You can, you know, even flex a little bit of curiosity. What works, you know, what works today for this type of event that's coming up? You know, oh, that didn't work as well. What else could I try? So for me, that's a lot of the fun too with clients is getting them to discover what can you do? What does your environment allow? You know, what are your options? Chris, I know you even did something that was really cool create a game out of it to try to get 10 points do you want to talk about that maybe a little bit yeah as a performance coach back in a former life with with elite cricketers um they were renowned for spending a long time on their feet you know days on end in the field they'd come back in and they i wanted to give them some control and some autonomy over what they did in the in the hour after the game so we devised a system of you had to get 10 points on this scoreboard five points was taking a hot and cold plunge plunge pool right Um, great for physical recovery you'd get three points for eating this snack pack that we kind of developed with a special drink in it and all those sorts of things you got two points for doing pnf stretching or whatever it was but all of a sudden you had control over how you chose to recover and you just had to meet the scoreboard of 10 points before you left the before you left the locker room and i think that was a really cool one and i've nearly done it myself in a in a corporate um, perspective where when I leave my office, you know, how can I show up at home recovered? What are the small little points that I could accumulate by maybe finishing off that water bottle or maybe grabbing a quick snack there so that I come home with a little bit more energy? Um, so, yeah, thanks for that reminder. Yeah, I think the word control that you use, the autonomy piece, is also really important when you look at recovery at a more macro level. Like I found with clients – if over the holiday break, for example, they spend a little bit of time mapping out when are my big two-week vaca- vacations, so my annual recovery plan. I look at my quarter. When might I grab a three-day weekend or take a day um, just for some self-development work or whatever that is, um, even down to the month, down to the week, down to the, the day in, in your case there. But having some sort of a plan in place feels like no matter what's going on, no matter how hectic things are, no matter how high my load is, I don't have this plan that's going to give me control over my entire my entire year. And that feels like it automatically takes their emotional fatigue from maybe an eight to a six, you know, as a baseline. So totally. our research has shown that literally it doesn't matter who you are. We all have that macro cycle and every eight to 12 weeks. We need to have a checkout. We need to have a longer oscillation. So those quick little pit stops work on the daily basis, but if I look at my calendar, when I sit with a client and I see that she doesn't have a break for six months, we, her and I know that she's going to be in trouble. So that macro, I think, is a great one. Every eight to 12 weeks, fine for you. And it may vary because one eight-week section might be more intense than I needed at eight weeks. Maybe it's not as intense, so I can make it to 12 weeks. 
but it's critical. So how do you all help your clients when they have this, I guess, notion of recovery as being soft or weak or lazy or, you know, what, what do you, how do you approach that? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say kind of going back a little bit to the racing example, right? Recovery is an absolute need, right? It is a strategic must uh, because, you know, we've all been there where you just try to kind of go, go, go throughout the day and not take those, you know, quick little oscillation breaks. And you wind up, you know, basically crashing at the end of the day. And, you know, I think a, a great way to kind of bring it home for the clients is at the end of the day, you know, the people that you're going home to, whether it's family, friends, furry loved ones, whatever it is, you want to be able to give the best version of yourself to them. And if you're not taking recovery throughout the day, you're not in the best place to do that. And so that's a really good kind of moment for them to step back and realize I could probably be doing better with this, right? And so then now that they recognize I need to do it, now it's just, okay, how can you do it? And then that's where we get into that freedom and that creativity. Do you think the executives that we work with often talk about being innovative and creative and all these sorts of things. Like, do you ever position recovery as the tool for better ideas? Like, I, I know that's one that I, yeah. Yeah, I, I use the measurement. If it, if this task would normally take you 20 minutes and you're an hour and a half into it, you need a recovery break. If your goal is to be more creative, so I had a client recently was doing performance evaluations on his team. He had 10 people. And he said, I'm really struggling because I can't remember what happened in the year for all 10 people. And I'm sure he had some notes and things like that. But it, it's true. We forget, right? And I said, imagine if you write down the three questions that you want to remember for every person. You know, it might be three things they did really, really well. Two things you felt like they could have done a little better. One thing you wish they would learn going forward. Whatever that is, kind of just playing off of our three, two, one reflection. And I said, and then go for a walk. And then when you come back, just set aside some time and just dump. And he was blown away at his brain just started solving the problem. He kind of primed his brain with the question. And then his oscillation break became the stimulus to actually get his work done faster. Yeah, because I know I'm not, I'm not very creative in a day full of back-to-back calls. Like I need to actually oscillate and find space to give my brain a break to come up with, you know, even half decent ideas. So yeah, yeah, we all experience that, right? That's where that's where creativity happens is during oscillation. It's, it's in the shower when I'm washing my hair, and I'm looking out the window, or it's when I'm going for a walk, and the ideas start pouring in. So I think that, you know, to your point a little bit, Brian, flipping this conversation around recovery to not a nice to have, but a strategic must. If, if we really reflect on that, most of us recognize, yeah, if I don't do this, I'm leaving impact on the table, probably both certainly at work, but definitely also at home, because that's where people, in my experience, tend to really, really notice it. Yeah, I didn't have the emotional control that I wanted. I was, you know, burnt out on the weekend and had to crash on the couch for half the day on Saturday. I recognized there that I, I there was a there was a delta that I that I missed. I think the complacency trap, though, is that there was a day where you didn't take an oscillation break and I was OK. I didn't die. I think I performed all right. And so you start to think, maybe I don't really need it. But then you don't realize that either, A, you're going to pay for that later, or B, maybe you're actually living off of the that you filled your reserve a little bit because you took one yesterday. And the example I always use when you say, how do you get people to realize the strategic muscles? I tell a story about my days in the fire service. Can you imagine if we had a busy day and we were running from call to call to call, we never had time to restock our truck, fill it back up with water or fuel. And then your house caught on fire and you called us. 
and I showed up with our truck, but it had no water and it had no equipment, you would look at me like I was a moron. Like, but I was just too busy. I've been too important today. I didn't have time to do those things. And you'd say, that makes no sense. I said, well, that's the same for you. Your only difference is you're that fire truck. Yeah. When I was working with the uh, with the military, trying to, you know, get the the men and women that I was working with to understand like this importance of taking these little micro breaks throughout their day, right? These little pit stops, and for for a lot of them, the idea of taking a knee was a sign of weakness, right? I'm not going to take a knee. I'm not. I, I can't let my guys see me like that if they were, you know, in a leadership position. And it's funny, you start calling it a strategic knee, and now all of a sudden, everyone wants to do it, right? Now all of a sudden, you saw guys you know, taking that knee for themselves because there was strategy involved with it, right? And I think that's, that's, again, a little bit of a mindset hurdle that you know, when we first encounter clients, they're kind of like that, right? And then as they learn a little bit more about recovery and oscillation, and then they go, okay, I get it. I can be strategic with this. Yeah, and you hit a really important one, which we see all the time, and that's like the leadership shadow. If, 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 if we have never seen a role model, one of our leaders kind of do this and own recovery and also be so confident that they're going to produce great results, but they're going to make sure that they do it in a sustainable way, it's very easy to kind of feel into the tra- fall into the trap of just following suit. Right when times get tough, I just grind harder, I hustle more, and but being able to see someone and and hopefully some of the people that have experienced Tignum and have the tools at their disposal, you're confident enough to like let your brilliance shine, but do it in a very different way and have people be curious about how you got your results, and I think that's where we want to move the conversation. Have people see you recovering, have people see you prioritize your own oscillation, and have them you know follow suit. Don't hide it away. There's nothing to be ashamed about here. Yeah, do those stretches in the meeting room, right? Take those breaths, talk about it, coach others while they're doing it and showing them like, look, I just did this in two minutes time. You can do it too. And this is what it does for me. Like that's, that's such a powerful leadership tool. One of my favorite stories, and I won't, we won't name drop, but um, a client of ours who is a chief people officer would hang a sign on his door during uh, his post lunch period when he would take a power nap and the sign said high performance in progress. So he was reframing it constantly for, for his team. They walk by and they see him in there sleeping on his couch and they see that sign. So that was a powerful way to kind of send that message. Now, we don't all have, obviously, couches in our office where we can just do that. Working from home, we do certainly. But um, I think that leadership aspect is really important. Yeah, that's a great point. So let's just kind of wrap this up by asking the question. So if it happens that people end up at the end of the day and go, God, I wish I would remember to, I didn't oscillate. I wish I would remember to take my recovery breaks. How do you guys help people form that habit? Like what leads to the behavioral change to realize that? Yeah. So, uh, one of the things I do is, uh, just get them to say, to create a two minute plan. That's it. Like, let's just start with that. That's kind of like the base, the foundation, because we all have two minutes. No matter what, I don't care how busy you say you are, we all have two minutes here and there. And so I say, what can you do in two minutes' time? And then that way it's, ah, I got out of this meeting two, five minutes early. Okay, well, then you can do a two-minute window there, right? Or I already have a lunch break. Well, you can easily fit a two-minute plan there. So just starting with the core kind of basic foundation of your two-minute plan that becomes kind of cemented in and it triggers as they look at their calendar and as the time pops up that's available and that helps them at least start to take that action. And then baby steps lead into larger steps. Yeah, for me, it's really looking at my calendar and scanning my calendar the night before 
and I encourage my clients to do the same thing and, and actually blocking in like just a little moment. For me, it's getting outside. I know that I feel so much better. So the study of one for me, getting outside, doing a little bit of movement in between a few back-to-back calls makes all the difference. Now, what am I doing on that short walk in the in the sunlight? Um, I'm actually thinking through like my first couple of meetings. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to reflect. I'm using some of my mindset skills in my oscillation break now, um, which I feel like is, you know, I'm bringing so many tools together in maybe a 10, 15 minute space, which helps helps me to no end come back a little bit more refreshed. Yeah. I mean, that's that stacking of strategies, I think, is is really powerful. And for those of us who maybe feel like we're off the wagon a little bit or we find ourselves in the middle of the day and we're struggling a little bit, you can you can tag something to a habit that you already do. So for me, like if I go to the coffee machine between meetings or get a tea between meetings there here in the Tignum kitchen, I'll stand right there as my coffee's brewing, which takes a frustratingly long period of time for me sometimes. <laughs> and I'll do some like some reverse lunges and I'll do some movement and I'll stretch out my calves. So now I added in a little bit of a, a strategy on top of a, a choice that I already was going to make that gave me some additional benefit. And now to my brain, I go, ah, oh, I did something. So even if it's not a really robust and strategic uh, oscillation break, I can still create something really quickly on the fly. So much great, great information in that and so many great tips. And I mean, I think the idea of we should all learn, and I know we talked to our clients about it, look at your calendar and say, where are my oscillation breaks? If I see three meetings back to back, a panic alert should go off. Where's my oscillation break? I like to color code a critical moment or a peak performance that means there must be a, a, an oscillation before and after that. And so it really stands out. So I think this is a great topic. We could probably talk all day on oscillation because I think it's one area our clients really struggle with, but so does everybody. I mean, professional athletes struggle with getting adequate recovery. So thank you guys for spending the time. I hope our, our users and listeners uh, find this really, really useful and see you for the next one.